Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. I am Roy, your host, and I have something very special and very different for you today. You know, if you listen to many of my podcasts, you know that most of the time, it's just me talking to you about an issue to help you attract lasting love, a healthy, sustainable relationship. And then every so often, I will have a guest on the program and interview them if they I feel that they have something really important to say about our pursuit of intimacy. And if they're coming from, you know, a real conscious perspective, uh, which is what we stand for here at this podcast. But today, I'm not doing either one of those. It's not going to be me. And I'm not really interviewing someone, although I wish I could. What I'm doing today is I'm going to play a recording of a message given by my favorite spiritual teacher, Michael Singer. Now, I would love to interview him, but he doesn't do interviews. I mean, he's he did leave his place in Gainesville, Florida, and he was interviewed by Oprah. And he also was interviewed recently by Tony Robbins. But he's been teaching out of Gainesville, Florida for 45 years And those are the only two times that he has done that. He doesn't go around the world like Eckhart Tolle or Byron Katie and do workshops and teaching and stuff. He he doesn't do that. He just stays at his place just north of Gainesville, Florida, and he's written books. And so I'd love to interview him, but that's not going to happen. So the next best thing to help you gain exposure to what I believe is the best spiritual teacher in the world today. And in other words, what I mean by that is he is, and you're going to hear this, he's not mystical. He doesn't talk in like new age psychobabble language. He's not esoteric and sort of speaking in, you know, phrases that are filled with allegory and, you know, weird meanings. He is as down to earth, you know, the nitty gritty, talking like a normal person, spiritual teacher. That's why I love him. He's just like a normal dude talking to you about what it means to be happy, what it means to live an enlightened life, what it means to end suffering and to connect in relationships. So I'm really excited to bring him to you. Now, I should say, Not only is he my favorite spiritual teacher, but I believe he's written the best spiritual growth book ever written. It's called The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. And I'm just saying to you, if you have any interest in spirituality, any interest in personal growth, any interest in evolving and being a conscious, aware being, you got to read that book. I mean, it's the best. I really do think it's, it's it's, it's clearer and more direct than even Eckhart Tolle's books. And I love Eckhart. I've been a student of his for 20 years. Okay, But Michael's books and his teachings are so practical, so down to earth. 
so obvious that you just got to get his book. And then he wrote a sequel because Michael Singer is someone who lives, he has an untethered soul. (laughs) He's made the journey beyond himself. And his second book was uh, like an autobiography telling the story of what is a person's life like if they truly surrender themselves. When they truly let go of what they want and don't want, what they like and don't like, and all the egos, fears, and desires, and hang-ups, when a person lets go of all of that stuff, what would their life actually be like? Well, his book shares the story of his life, and it's fascinating. So I recommend those books. But what I'm going to bring you today is one of his talks. Now, when I used to live in Orlando, Florida, um, I read his book, The Untethered Soul. And then I found out that he lives, you know, about 150 miles north of me. And I found out that he's got a temple up there, like an ashram, a yoga studio, whatever you want to call it. He's got a facility up there and he teaches three times a week and he's been doing it for 45 or 50 years. (laughs) Okay. I didn't even know he existed. Um, And then I find out after I read this great book that he's not that far away from me. And he teaches every single week, Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. So for almost three years, I made a 300-mile round trip twice a month to go sit with him and learn from him. And when I say sit, I mean sit. You go in there, and there's like 60 to 80 people in this temple. Um, Everybody's sitting on cushions. Okay, It really is like a a Hindu yoga temple studio. (laughs) Okay. Now there's a few chairs in the back for people that have concrete hips like me. And so you can sit in a chair, but most people are just sitting on the floor on cushions. He comes in, sits in full Lotus. You know, he just flops his legs like he's Gumby. He plays a few songs and he pushes the, the piano aside and he teaches for like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes and then takes questions for anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. Three times a week he's been doing this for 45 or 50 years. And so I went for almost three years and it was unbelievable to sit at the feet of a true master and learn from him. And so one of his talks he gave, because you know all throughout this time, I was doing relationship coaching. I was doing what I'm doing. I was writing books and helping people attract their partner. And so during that, he gave a talk that was really all about how to find love. Now, none of his talks are titled. He just talks. But, so I gave it the title, you know, because it really is what it's about. You'll hear him say the phrase, how to find love, a number of times in this talk. And so I just want to share this talk with you. I just want to take you to the temple and have you sit on a cushion and listen in. And I believe what he's going to say here is going to rock your world in a good way. Because he's not going to give you three steps on how to find a partner. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, he's going to go much deeper into the whole process and what's going on inside of us in our pursuit of intimacy. And it's going to open your eyes. It's going to touch you. It's going to inspire you. You're going to be different from having heard what he has to say. All right? Now, after he's done, I'll come back for a couple of closing comments. But it's a 48-minute talk. And I want to begin that now. So here is my mentor, someone I've just only met. I've just shook his hand. I've never really had a conversation with him. But he's been my mentor and my guide for years. 
I bring you Michael Singer. A great breakthrough in someone's life, spiritual life, worldly life, it doesn't matter, really the same, is when they realize that their attempts to make themselves happy will never work. Which doesn't mean they can't be happy. It means that the methodology and way that they are attempting to going about being happy, finding love, is counterproductive. Most people never ever realize that. They go their entire lives struggling, suffering, feeling some joy, but not a whole lot. And they feel that the reason it didn't work for them is that they couldn't succeed at what they were trying to do. They had wanted certain things, they didn't get it. They wanted to avoid certain things, they weren't able to. And they just either blame themselves or blame other people or the world, whatever. What very few see is that the method that one goes about trying to raise and perfect their lives is not a very healthy or meaningfully successful method. And there are much higher and deeper methods that work much better, but nobody talks about them. Nobody looks directly at it. So how are people, normal people, going about trying to be happy, trying to find joy, trying to find love? Exactly that way. They are trying to go outside and find something that will make them happy. Trying to find someone that will make them feel love. Trying to find a financial condition that will make them feel secure. They're trying to build something outside that will make them feel these things inside. It is so deep to realize that love, joy, excitement, enthusiasm are inner experiences. And that outer things can make us feel those inner experiences, but then you have to constantly struggle to get the outer things that make you feel the inner experiences. And I think anybody can see that it's difficult, if not impossible, to create a life outside yourself that always makes you feel high, that always makes you feel love. And that's why we have so many problems. Because we're trying to do something that doesn't work. You can't find somebody, maybe I'll be the first person to ever tell you this, you won't and you can't find somebody that will always make you feel love. It's like telling you there's no Santa, right? There is nobody out there that is going to make it so that you always feel love inside. Why? Because you don't even understand why you feel love inside sometimes and not other times. It's very complicated. It's very dynamic. And at some point, something is going to happen with that person. They'll either do something or say something or not do something or not say something. And it's not going to make you feel love. And since you were relying on that other person magically being able to make you feel love, the moment something happens where you don't feel love, you lose faith in that person. You lose faith in the relationship. You feel, this is not working for me. You start questioning whether this is the right person. Because you define the right person 
as the person that will make you feel love all the time. You define the right person as the person that will make you always feel secure and make you always feel safe. You have defined an outer situation that makes you feel something inside. And that's what you have to explore. These feelings of, of love and joy and safety and comfort and fulfillment are things you feel inside. People are things that are outside. So you have to understand the relationship of how a person outside can make you feel love inside and how a person outside can stop you from feeling love inside because that goes on every day of your life. And people don't pay attention to that. They pay only attention on trying to find the person that will always make them feel love even though no one has ever, ever found the person that will always make them feel love. So you start to understand that these things you are looking for are inner states of being. And you start to question whether spending your life and devoting your life to trying to find someone, to trying to earn the money, to trying to get approval and trying to do things outside is ever going to make you experience what you want to experience inside. Right? There's so many examples I just don't understand. Women want to be beautiful. Sure, why not? They want to be beautiful and attractive and have men attracted to them. So they can be like Marilyn Monroe and kill themselves. Come on. I didn't make it up. She was very attractive. People were very attracted to her. Even presidents. God, she had it made. Then why did she kill herself? Check it out. Why don't you check and see how people are doing? And you'll see that if you spend your life trying to create an external situation that you think will bring you the joy, happiness, and love that you want, you will find out too late that it will not. It never has for anybody, and it will not. It can for short periods of time. You can get in love with somebody in, for weeks or months or years. Unlikely. But they'll do something wrong. I don't know about the years. But for at least days, they're the right person. I mean, you have never felt this right about a person in your entire life. It's like, oh, he or she is just it. But something's going to happen. Has it ever not? doesn't mean you don't have the relationship. It doesn't. But it's sort of like you get knocked down a few notches along the way. It doesn't keep you at the level. And so you either decide, well, this is the wrong person, and you go out and look for somebody else. Then you'll be looking forever, or you, quote, settle. Better than nothing. And then you feel resentment and wrong about that. So you just start seeing. Maybe there's nothing wrong with this person. Maybe there's nothing wrong with my job. Maybe there's nothing wrong with the fact that some people like me and some people don't like me at all. Maybe there's nothing wrong with the reality of the outside world. Maybe I'm going about this wrong about how to be high and how to feel wonderful and how to be enthused. And that, in essence, is spirituality. When you cross that bridge, I'm telling you, you become a spiritual being. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what book you read. I don't care what religion or none that you adhere to or claim. If you have come to the understanding that what I am looking for is inside of me, I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel love inside of me. How about you? It's an experience I feel rushing up inside of me. I feel enthusiasm and joy. And when I feel peace, it's inside of me. <laughs> right? There's just this feeling that, whoo, just comes from my whole being of this peace and serenity. So when I feel well-being, 
It is an experience inside of me. And a spiritual being has woke up to say, if it is inside of me, then I need to find it inside of me. If it were outside of me, they used to tell a story, see, if you're looking for a dog or a cat, don't sit down and meditate. He's not in there. Under the bed, maybe, or outside, but not in there. If you're looking for peace, joy, love, excitement, these are inner experiences. You look for them inside. That's spirituality. That's why spiritual people meditate. That's why they spend time in solitude. That's why they go about the business of trying to understand what is going on inside themselves. So once you get to this point and you realize this, you start to see, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can do to feel more love? That's a beautiful question. Why don't you ask that instead of asking, is there anything I can do to find a person that will make me feel more love? See the difference? I call that indirect versus direct. Like, if you're going to pray, I'm more interested in what you pray for than who you pray to. So let's say you're lonely. And what you do is you pray. I would like to find someone. I would like to meet someone. Why would you pray for that? Why don't you pray to not feel lonely? Then you don't have to meet anybody. It's like free. If you meet somebody, you have to worry about the relationship. You have to make sure they stay with you. And if they ever leave you, you'll feel lonely again. If you want love, don't pray for somebody. Pray for love. If you want to feel secure in yourself, don't pray that people respect you or like you. Pray to feel secure. Right there is the essence of all spirituality. Is a person has caught on to say, what I want is inside of me, and I'm going to work at getting that. And what I'd like to do is have that regardless of what's going on outside of me. Otherwise, I'm busy all the time trying to control people, places, and things, and that's not fun for me. It's a burden. It's a hassle, and it doesn't work anyways. So the question becomes, how do you go about finding love without finding another person? What you want to do is feel great love, not puppy love, great love, tremendous love, the kind of love they're in the movies, okay, where you're just like glowing and so, oh my God, you're so enthused and excited about it, yet there's nobody. How do you go about doing that? What you do is you go about trying to see what is love. What is love? And what you realize is love is a feeling of uplifting energy that I feel inside my heart. It feeds me, it rushes up. So if I knew that that's what love was, and I was just some person, and I saw that this is what love was, I wouldn't say, okay, this is what love is. It's this beautiful experience of energy rushing up through my heart, of this overwhelming joy and excitement. That's what love is. And what I need to do is find a person. You confuse me. One is describing love and the other is describing a person. I don't understand. You're confusing me to pieces. Why would you do that? And so a yogi or a spiritual being is someone who is just that smart. I don't want to call it smart. I call it the other dumb. But I can't call that smart. If you want water, don't go look inside of a rock. You're not going to find water. Go to the ocean or go to the lake. 
And so if you want to describe love as the experience you're having inside this beautiful energy, I don't understand why you would go out and look for a person. All I know is you're not going to find it. Why? Because you described to me what it is. I didn't describe it to you. You described it to me. If I sat there and had you all write down what love is, describe what you experience as love. What do you mean by love? You would write about the stuff I just talked about, wouldn't you? God, it's so beautiful. It's indescribably delicious. It's just this beautiful, uplifting rush of energy that comes over you and your whole heart has wings. It rises up and your cheeks rise and your eyes get filled with light. And and every time you breathe in, you feel rushes of joy. And every time you breathe out, is oh, and the world becomes beautiful, doesn't it? There, I'm describing love. Then I'm asking you again. Then why are you looking for a person? That's not what a person is. So you finally wake up and you realize, I, I, I feel it sometimes, but not often. Well, of course not. You're not looking in the right place. You're looking for a person instead of looking for love. How do you look for love? If I succeeded in getting you to ask that question, I've done my job. Because you finally have woken up and realized, I have been going about this the total wrong way. I have been looking for a person instead of looking for love. I have been looking for money instead of looking for security. I have been looking for people to like me instead of looking to feel secure and strong within myself. I can only feel good about myself if you feel good about me. So now I have to own how you feel. See, I can't deal with how I feel, so I have to own how you feel. Good luck. If you can't deal with how you feel, how are you going to deal with how everybody else feels? And so you run around trying to win acceptance and trying to have friends and trying to find lovers and trying to get finances and trying to do meaningful things with your life that other people think are meaningful, so that what? So I feel good about things. Well, if you want to feel good about things, why don't we describe what it feels like to feel good about things? And why don't we try to get that? And so that is what it boils down to, is you become one of the rare wise people that have walked the face of this earth. You start actually looking for what you're looking for. And so you get to the point where you ask, okay, good, I see it. How would I go about finding love if I'm not looking for a person to make me feel love? Well, you could start by asking, how can a person make you feel love? person's out here. If I draw a drawing on this piece of paper and I hold it around, maybe it makes one of you feel love. Maybe it makes one of you feel yicky. How can a drawing on a piece of paper change your inner state? That's a fair question, isn't it? It's just a drawing on a piece of paper. Why does it do that? That's how you start studying how to find love. You'd be a scientist. That's what you become. A scientist who's studying these things. And what you'll notice is that if I draw the right kind of picture on the piece of paper... It will make her feel love and it will make her feel uncomfortable. It will make him indifferent. He doesn't even understand why I'm showing it to him. And she can't even keep her eyes open. She's like, she's like, how did he know? Oh my God, he must be psychic. And she's blissing out. I don't understand. It's the exact same drawing that I'm showing to every single person. How can it have those different effects? Because that's how you're going to learn about how to find love. By a drawing on a piece of paper? Yes. You must understand why certain things make you feel love and other things make you feel 
discomfort if you're going to understand how to find love. And so you start studying this, and what you'll see is that you are programmed inside, based on your past experiences, that certain things open you and other things close you. Things happen to you. You heard things, you learned things, and therefore they left impressions inside of you. And now when certain events happen outside, you feel uplifted, you feel open, you feel excited and joyful. And other things happen outside, you feel closed and uncomfortable. That's not hard to figure out. You don't need a PhD for that, do you? Did you have to study psychology to figure that one out? That is the most important thing you'll ever learn. First, you got brilliant because you figured out what you're looking for is love itself instead of a person. It's very smart of you. Now you've figured out that things that open you based upon your past experiences permit you to feel love. And things that close you based on your past experiences don't permit you to feel love. They make you feel discomfort. So what you're really looking for when you say, I want to find a person, is you are looking for an object outside that will stimulate your past experiences in a way that causes you to open so that you feel love. If they look a little bit like your brother, and you did not get along with your brother, but these ears remind you of your brother, I assure you, you will not feel love in their presence. Will you? What will you feel? Discomfort. You never met them in your lives, but you are not going to feel open. You're going to feel closed. And so you start watching this stuff, and you realize, I'm not looking for a person. I'm really looking for myself. When you go into a relationship, you don't realize it. And that's why relationships are so hard for people. You're not, you don't even want to have a relationship with another person. Be honest. You want the other person to be what you want. You got a list of the things that you want in that person. So you don't want to get to know that person. You're trying to make the other person be the way you want. And if they'll be the way you want, then you don't have these issues. In other words, don't have ears like my brother. I could like you if your ears weren't like that. Like I'd have an operation. That's a good idea. How dare you talk to somebody like that? <laughs> okay? I mean, I really like you and you're very attractive, but just do it with the bow ties. I can't handle bow ties. My uncle wore bow ties. I don't like bow ties. Okay. Ear operation, no bow ties. Anything else? You'd keep going, wouldn't you? Be honest. <laughs> All right? Well, you know, sometimes when I'm talking, you interrupt me. My father used to do that. I know I blab on very long and so on, but just put up with it and just don't interrupt me. But you're not trying to have a relationship with another person. You're trying to have a relationship with the impressions that got left on you based on your past. And so when you're out there looking for a person, that's what you're looking for. Someone who matches these patterns, these some scars, these impressions that got left in you from the past. A wise person, a yogi, a spiritual person, looks at this and says, that's insane. Why don't I just get rid of the impressions that got left upon me so that bow ties open me, straight ties open me, big ears open me, small ears open me. Why don't I just spend my effort changing myself so that I can feel love all the time instead of trying to find the minute situation in life that will match my pattern so that I feel love. And so a wise person works very differently than a regular person. A wise person is not using this world to try to find what will open them. They're using this world to see where they're not open. 
and trying to change that. If you can love this drawing and you hate the drawing, guess who wins? You. Because you got to see the drawing and get excited. That's five more seconds of your life that you felt joy. You lost. You can talk all day. I just don't like the drawing. Yeah, well, you lose. Why wouldn't you instead of trying to make every single person only draw the drawings that make you get turned on, which of course nobody knows, including you, what those are, and so you're out there playing crapshoot with how you feel, why wouldn't you work on yourself so that you get to feel joy when you steal the drawing just like she did? If she can feel it, you can feel it. There's nothing different about us. We just have different past experiences. And that becomes the essence of a spiritual being's work. A normal, what they call a worldly person or a normal person is out there trying to change the world to match the few things that turn them on. A spiritual person is trying to change themselves so that everything turns them on. Who's wiser? It's like, why not get turned on by everything? So if you're going to pray for something, whether you pray meaning pray out there or pray meaning try to define what you want to change within yourself, don't pray for one thing. Don't pray to get what it is that turns you on. Because there's all these other things that won't turn you on. Pray to learn how to change yourself so that everything turns you on. And ultimately, if I got a prayer for you, that's the prayer I would say for you. If I had to say a prayer about my newborn child, I wouldn't say, I hope they find somebody when they're 15. and No, 15 is too young. When they're 18, nah, 18, they're still in college. 21, they should find someone. What am I doing? Look how many things can go wrong. I'm trying to define what I think will make them happy. Why don't I just pray? I hope they're always happy. How do you like that? <laughs> okay? I'm just asking you to be direct about what you're doing. It's not weird. It's not mystical. It's just wise. And so you look and you see that if anyone is capable of getting turned on or feeling love about anything, then I am too. They say love is blind. He loves someone like, oof. Or they love her. And she loves someone like, oh my God, those eyes are blind. I don't want to say that. I want to say no wonder he loves her. I would too. About everybody. I want to change my heart so that it can love everything. I don't want to leave my heart limited the way it is and then run around trying to find the thing that at that moment matches my heart. Let me ask you a question. Does your heart ever change? Or once you decide you like something, it's always that way. It never varies. <laughs> that heart's pretty dynamic, isn't it? So how are you going to find what turns you on? It keeps changing. And so again, you just keep coming back to the reality. And this is spirituality. It's not mystical. It's not about beliefs. It's not weird. It's intelligent. It's sort of the science of life. It's the science of happiness. the science of love. Instead of just randomly going out there and knocking your head out to win nothing. Most people win nothing. They're just as miserable later in their life as they were earlier. They just, all they have is their memories. They have the few experiences that lined up with what turned them on. I don't want you to have that. I don't even want you to have any memories. Why? Because I want you to be so blissed out every single stage of your life that you don't have time to think about the things that made you happy before. When you're 86 years old, I don't want you to need to think about what turned you on when you were 20. If somebody said to you, would you like to be 20 again? You'd say, no. 
Oh, I want to be 20 again. It's all fun. It's been fun every single step of the way. And every bit of it is exciting. And I feel love all the time. That's how you should be. And that's what they should teach you. The problem is you are putting your eggs in the wrong basket. You are putting all of your energy in saying, this is the way I am. Now world change. And you know it ain't going to happen. So every once in a while it happens and you get happy. Good. Mazel tov. I don't want to take that away. I just want instead that you work on yourself and say there is no reason that I need to be limited. I want to expand what turns me on. I want to expand what gives me joy. Ultimately, I want to be able to stand in the presence of every single human being on the planet Earth, no matter of nationality, no matter color, no matter belief structure, Republican, Democrat, right wing, left wing, I don't care. I want to be stand in the presence of every single human being and have to contain myself to not show them how much love I feel. Why? Why would you want that? Because I'll be in love all the time. I'll get to feel joy and excitement. I want that any job I get, any job anyone gives me, I'm so excited to do it that I better not tell them or they won't pay me. Not that there's only one job for me. Let's get off of love for a second. There is not one job for me. If there's only one job that fits me, I'll be unemployed or I'll be scared to death of losing it. I'm not going to be in good shape. I want that every single job, every single one, cleaning toilets, sweeping floors, anything, turns me on. That I find joy and excitement and enthusiasm and meaning as much as, you know, the astronaut feels flying on the moon. Nothing special about the astronaut flying on the moon over the person who's sweeping the floor. Nothing. They're both doing a job. And there can be just as much excitement and enthusiasm if you're willing to work on yourself to stop defining sweeping the floor as something that's beneath you. I see that all the time with people. You make the gross mistake of letting your mind tell you what's okay with you. Well, you don't realize every time you say, this is what will be okay with me, you're saying all the rest isn't okay with me. Well, you just laid the death toll to your joy and your happiness. So a spiritual being works on themselves. The same effort that everybody else works on the poor world. The poor world is just out there trying to do its thing and you're beating it up, including people, places, and things. You're telling them how to be. Well, how do you know how they should be? They should be the way that turns me on. And they shouldn't be the way that hurts me. But no one agrees, unfortunately. What turns you on turns her off. And that's why there are wars. And that's why there's so much conflict. So in a spiritual world, and you can create one for yourself, at least with you, you don't do that anymore. You woke up. I'm going to work on myself to broaden the things that bring me love, to broaden the things that give me meaning, that make me feel joy. How do I do that? Every single time that something brings you joy, rejoice in it. Look what it feels like. See what it is. Oh my God, I get to go fly a kite with my son. It's the first time we ever flew a kite. Wow, look at him, how excited he is. How you doing? Man, it's a Kodak moment. You know how I want you to be? If you were the way I want you to be, Kodak would go out of business. Why? Because since every moment's a Kodak moment, you wouldn't bother taking pictures. You take pictures because 
2% of your moments are Kodak moments. And you want to look at them when you're not having a Kodak moment. If you're madly in love with somebody and they just came home from being away for a while, you want to be with them. You don't want to look at the photo album of last time you were happy. And so you just understand that you can always be high. That's all I'm trying to tell you. But you have to learn how to do it. So you basically get to the point where if something happens outside that brings you joy, learn about it. See that joy is inside yourself. If something happens outside that brings you down, that's a wonderful moment. You've got to change your attitude about yourself. It means I have learning in this area. I was doing fine and somebody said something or somebody did something. Now I'm not doing fine. Well, welcome to school. You're in school. You're in the school of unconditional happiness. And you just didn't pass the quiz. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. You didn't do well in the pop quiz. <laughs> All right? In other words, you defined your state of mind. I want you to do this. Define your state of mind, your state of being. I'm going to always be happy and I'm going to always feel love for every single person I see and everything that happens. The first thing I'm going to do is feel love, excitement, enthusiasm, honor, the honor of having this experience. That's where I'm going. So now as I go through my life, life will let me know how I'm doing. You're my teachers. You'll come up and do something and it will make me high. Good, I'm getting there. This is great. Look at that. I felt that love and didn't used to or something like that. And now something will happen inevitably. That brings me down. And so my moment of that is, okay, I don't want there to be anything that will bring me down. Listen to the difference. It's not that I don't want you to have done what you did that brought me down. Nope. That's what the worldly person is saying. The world has to behave so I don't get brought down. The spiritual person never says that, never says to the world, you shouldn't have done that because it brought me down. A spiritual person says, oh, I guess I'm not done with that yet because it brought me down. So what do I need to change within myself so that the next time this event takes place, it doesn't bring me down? Well, why would I want to do that? Because you said you don't want to come down. <laughs> you want to stay high. And so you use every moment of your life to change yourself. Your job is different than everybody else's job. Everybody else's job is to make people and places things be the way they need them to be so that they're okay. That's what everyone's doing. Your job is not that. Your job is kind of fun. You wake up in the morning, you tell the world, do your thing, let's see what happens. You don't have a definition of how it's supposed to be. You have a definition of how you're supposed to be. High, happy, joyful, filled with love. That's the only definition you have. Not external things. You heard like Lao Tzu, he says, a wise man seeks no goals. Because by defining the way you need things to be outside, you're going to be miserable. Because what you're trying to do is have the outside match the inside. A spiritual person says to the outside, do your thing, you're free. If you're a lion, be a lion. If you're a snake, be a snake. If you're a roach, be a roach. If you're a nice person, be a nice person. If you're a mean SOB, be a mean SOB. Just do your thing. Because I'm interning. When you go to the hospital as an intern, you don't tell the patients how to be. I'm not ready for that. Don't have that illness. Don't bleed now while I'm here. I need. That's not what you do. You're interning. You're supposed to be trying to handle the situations that happen. So when you go in the hospital as an intern, you say, okay, hospital, do your thing. And I'm going to see whether I'm able to handle while you do your thing. And if I can handle every single thing while you do your thing, I'm not learning anything. I learn something when somebody has an illness I don't understand or some emergency happens and I get scared. 
and I don't know what to do, and I freak out. That's a good thing. Better to do it as an intern than as a doctor, where you're there alone. And so you go through these experiences so that you can grow and learn. That is what a spiritual being does with every moment of their life. I am in the accelerated graduate program of unconditional joy, unconditional love, and I'm in the advanced course. So I'm just basically in this advanced experimental program of I'm going to be happy every moment of my life for the rest of my life. I hope you think that's okay. I hope you don't, you're not judging me if that's the program I'm in. Right? Because you can be in it too. How? Just enroll yourself. What does it cost? Nothing. Free of charge. And so you sign yourself up. Now you intern. Every day of your life, you're an intern. And things happen, just like the patients. And there will be times where you don't do so good. Won't there? Good. That's not bad. That's not like somebody did something wrong. That's like, oh, goody. Oh, goody, I get to learn. I couldn't handle that this person says something mean to me. If you're an intern and you walk into the room where a patient is having a problem and the patient starts complaining and yelling at you, where were you? I was calling, I'm bleeding, where were you? You say, well, I'm not on duty yet. No, that's not what you say. You don't start getting defensive. You need to be strong enough to get past and over that, don't you? You're supposed to be able to handle whatever. He spit at me. Yeah, I know he spit at you, but he's bleeding. That's where you are about your graduate program of your internship of always feeling love and joy. Sometimes people spit at you, figuratively or literally. All kinds of things go on, don't they? So somebody says something not so nice. Somebody does something that's not so nice. Something happens that you don't like. There is your opportunity to see, can I handle this and still feel high and still feel good about things and just see it as part of life. This is the card life dealt me. Life deals all kinds of cards, doesn't it? Here at Vegas, you don't get to determine what card gets dealt to you. You only get to play the card that you were dealt. If you're sitting there at the poker table in World Series poker, and you get dealt a card, and you say, no, oh, I don't like these. <laughs> I want different ones. You're not going to do very good. You're supposed to be a player. You're supposed to do the best you can with the cards you were dealt. A good poker player is not somebody who gets dealt aces all the time. Okay, a good poker player is someone who wins regardless of what hands he's dealt. Interesting analogy, isn't it? But it just came to that, came up, right? So we were interning, now we're poker players. So net result is, that's how you deal with your life. You will be dealt certain cards. Nobody asked your opinion. Of course, that's not what you would choose. You don't get to choose what you're dealt. You don't get to choose when you get sick. You don't get to choose who's born and who died. You don't get to choose that somebody was really nice and then it turns out they were weird. It happens, doesn't it? You don't get to choose what card you are dealt. You get to choose how you play the card you are dealt. What it means to play this well is that you're having fun. You're enjoying your life. You're enjoying the experience that you're going through. And what you'll see is the only thing stopping you from doing that is you. The experience is happening. There it is. Can you play it well? And the answer is right now, no. If I get the right cards, I can. I know if you get the right cards, you can. What I want to know about is when you don't get the cards that you want, can you? And this is when you're starting to work with yourself. And the answer should always be, I can. Yes, I can do it. 
Yes, I can win at this. Yes, I can say hi. Yes, I can feel love. Yes. Yes, I can love my boyfriend or girlfriend even if they did something three years ago that I didn't like. I need to be able to, otherwise I won't know love. But I need to learn how to let go. I need to learn how to stay open. I need to learn not to harbor things. Don't say to me, but I've always been that way. Well, don't be. Learn to change. And so this becomes your whole spiritual path. And you can change. Don't ever think that anything is inside of you that can't be changed. You're an empty slate. You just got programmed. Just like a computer. Just change its programming. This computer was busy doing a certain thing. Then you bought it on a rummage sale. It used to work for the War Department. It was evil. It figured out war games. Now you buy it and you're doing recipes. It does perfectly well. It doesn't care. Your mind, your inner state can be programmed to be a happier place to live. And so this becomes your life. And so you have fun in the morning that you're interning. You go out there. Now anything that happens is for your benefit. There's nothing that happens to a spiritual being that is not for its benefit. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Look at someone like Gandhi. I mean, look what happened to that guy. He changed the world because it happened to him. I think he played his cards pretty well. What do you think? There, that's a perfect example. Guy is head beat in. He got arrested. He got thrown in jail all the time and all this. Those are some tough cards. They didn't look like aces to me. What did he make out of them? Winning hand. Right or wrong. Need to look at that stuff, isn't it? There is no such thing as being dealt a losing hand. There's just such a thing as not knowing how to play the hand you were dealt. You're the one who's saying what's winning and losing. That which destroys you turns him on. It's just something you define. And so you work with yourself. You change your way of looking at things. You change the way you process things. And the way to do that, it makes perfect sense. You just say, look, if I have a choice to feel love or not, I choose love. I choose love. That's my choice. There, I made my choice. How do I stay open? How do I do this? You deal with your everyday life. As things happen to you and close you, I want you to look and see what is going on. And I'm telling what you'll see is that you have preferences. You have patterns inside yourself. You have ways that you have thought you want things to be and ways that you have thought you don't want things to be. And now when events take place, they stimulate those thoughts. So you start to see events that are taking place that look like they are the way you want things to be. You will start to feel joy. You start to see things take place that look like they're going someplace that you would define you don't want to go. I don't like this. Then you'll start to feel closed. And you'll realize the world is interacting with what you defined inside yourself, with your preferences, with your likes and dislikes. That's the core. I'm now going to the deepest Buddhist teachings. You defined in your mind how you want things to be. When they start being in that way, you get excited. When they stop being that way, you get depressed. And when they look like they're going to be the way you define you don't want them to be, you freak. You're the one who did it. You did it. That person out there that didn't dress the way you wanted them to, they did not ruin your evening. You did. How did I? He's the one wearing a bow tie. Because you're the one that three years ago decided you can't stand bow ties because your uncle wore bow ties and used to pinch your cheek. You're the one who did it. Every single time. You define within your mind how you want things to be, what you can accept, what you can't accept. And now when the world did its thing, when those cards were dealt to you, it stimulated those thought patterns that you have inside yourself. And that's when you start catching on that 
I defined when I can open and I define when I can close. Didn't you? You define what will open you, you define what will close you. The moment you see that, you're going to grow spiritually. Why? I'm not stupid. If I'm the one who's defining what turns me on and I'm the one who's defining what's turned me off, I better go back to the definition machine. Guess what I'm going to define? Everything turns me on and nothing turns me off. I just cheated. You can go out there and try to make everything match what you want. I just, I hit the end game. Checkmate. The moment I sit there and say, I'm defining it, then why not define it to always turn you on? I like in my neighborhood that it only has these kinds of people of this color, this creed, this race, this wealth, this kind of dog ownership, and people who take care of their lawns a certain way, and that's what I want my neighbors to be. Well, you might as well move, because you ain't going to be very happy with your neighbors. Versus, I love diversity. Anything that moves in next to me, I find it so interesting. If the hillbillies move in next to me, after it used to be the Kennedys, it's like, look at how colorful that is, look what they're doing now. It's like going to the movies all day. You can just look out the window and be entertained. You just have fun with whatever's happening. Guess who won? I won. Nothing is stopping you but you. You are defining your own limits. You are defining what opens you. You are defining what closes you. You actually say things like, if that ever happened, I would die. If that ever happened, I couldn't handle that. I'd never be able to handle that. Maybe other people can handle it, but I cannot handle that. I would just kill myself. I would die if that happened. Now, we have a name for that among spiritual techniques. It's called affirmation. Ever heard of an affirmation? You just used one. But I didn't say, I think I can't. No, I know. You said, I think I can't. You're programming yourself so that if that event even smelled like it might take place, you're going to freak. So you wake up and you realize, what am I doing? Do not ever say anything like that to yourself. Say the opposite. You sit there and say, I can handle anything that would happen. Whatever happens, there's a nectar of joy hidden inside of it. I'm going to find it. I love playing the game of life, and I'm going to be the best at whatever's dealt to me, and I don't even have to think about it. I just know that when it's dealt to me, I am good at this, and I'm going to find a way to find joy. That is how you talk to yourself. doesn't mean it's going to happen when you get dealt it, but at least until it's dealt, you're okay. You hear me? I would rather you have trouble when you're actually having trouble than worry about having trouble. So you just get smart, and you start to work with yourself And what you do, this is what you do. You're in a situation, and you see you're not doing real well with it. Any situation. You're driving, and someone's driving too slow in front of you. You're driving, and someone wants to drive too fast behind you, (laughs) beeping at you. Whatever it is, the tiniest little thing in the world is bothering you. You stop, and you look, and you say, do I want to be bothered? Because if I want to be bothered, there's lots of things to be bothered about, aren't there? But I happen not to want to be bothered. I'd rather feel love. Then how do I feel love when something's happening that's bothering me? I start by saying, I can handle this, instead of saying, I can't handle this. If you say, I can't handle this, then you can't. If you say, I can handle this, there's a chance you can. At least you started the conversation at the right level. So if something's disturbing you, you make a game out of it. You sit there and say, I can be okay with this. Now, how do you be okay with this? You start saying nice things about it. You start playing with it. Like if somebody's driving 10 miles an hour in front of you in a 40-mile-hour speed limit, and you're getting all like this, and then you decide, can I handle somebody driving? Yes, they really are driving 10, and it really is 40. Can I handle that? Your first answer is yes. Then how do you handle that? You play with it. You say, 
come on, ten's awful fast. Can you do five? Five's a world record in a 40. Come on. And you just play. You make a game out of every single thing you're in. That's how you work with these things. And don't ever take anything so seriously that you think it's outside of the game situation. Don't let your mind define things as, like, sometimes we get ultra-sensitive. And we think, well, I don't ever want to offend anybody. Don't do that. People are as weird as you are. They get offended by everything and anything. You will never, ever, ever not be able to offend anybody. Your existence offends some people. We have overpopulation. What are you doing here? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no way. You're Jewish. That's not okay. You're black. That's not okay. You're tall. That's out of the question. You're a girl. Girls have done nothing but hurt me my whole life. You're not going to win. You're not going to be able to do that. So what you do is you play with the whole thing. If somebody is getting upset with you, you can just see the steam starting to go out of their ears. Say, oh, it's like a cartoon. I wonder if we can really get steam. You don't try to offend them, but you don't define any situation as real. The real is, I'm going to stay high. I'm going to play with whatever situation is in front of me. And if you can't, you fall down. Well, it's like if you just failed that quiz. It's okay. Any quiz you feel in school is a good thing. It means you needed to learn in that area. And so you just start meditating. You start working with it earlier. All I can tell you is start with the little things and start changing your attitude to where you're always happy with everything. And do not let there be any exception in any way, shape, or form. Play with it. Raise yourself. And you're going to see a tremendous change. And then you're going to realize, I get to do this every day. Every day is a training ground, isn't it? And if you work with every day as a training ground, every next day is better than the day before. And you just keep working with this and working with this. And now over the course of your years, you really built something. You made an investment in your happiness directly. Now what happens if, God forbid, I've decided I don't need anybody. I want to feel loved by myself. And I'm feeling all this love. And then all of a sudden I meet somebody. Go ahead. Have fun. Get married. Should I get married? I don't care. Get married. Don't get married. It doesn't make any difference. You're already okay. You're feeling tremendous love. There's nothing wrong with getting married. There's nothing wrong with not getting married. How will I decide? Have fun not being able to decide. Then you're not neurotic like everybody else. You're having fun with your neurosis. Play with your neurosis. If you're bipolar, see how far you can go up and down. Have fun with it. Set new limits. How high did I get today? How low did I go tomorrow? Just play with yourself. And you're going to find there's a part of you that neither goes up nor down. It's just always okay. That's you. And then there's a part of you that will never be okay. (laughs) That's your little ego, your little psyche, your little personal self. But so what? I can have fun with him. He's a toy. And this is what spirituality is about. It's about deciding that I am going to feel love. And I'm not dependent upon you for my love. And I'm going to feel joy. And I'm not dependent upon the world winning the lottery or doing something like that for me to feel joy. And I'm going to feel enthusiasm and excitement about everything I do. I I own it. I'm self-empowered. And I'm going to do it by learning to work with myself in a way that raises myself. That, in truth, is spirituality. Isn't that neat? You want to read spiritual books? Go read them. You want to go to spiritual places? Go do it. You want to pray? Pray. But please do this. Because this works. All right. You work with these things.
Attractive. Well, I don't know about you, but that message just resonates with me. That message is what I want my life to be about and to move towards. And if it does for you, if you hear that and you want to explore what he's saying more deeply, if you need some support and help in how to apply that and live that and access that, well, that's what I do. I'm here. I'm here to coach you in this path, to join you in that journey to being the love and recognizing the love and to quit searching for it as if it's out there and you have to find the right person who can give it to you. So I would love to hear your feedback on this. Frankly, I'd love to hear your feedback on any of the podcasts, but I'd like to know what you think. I'd I'd like to know what questions are, what challenges you feel from it, whether you like it, whether you don't like it. I'd really like to know how this resonates with you. So reach out to do that, Roy at coachingwithroy.com. And if you want to explore the possibility of working with me on this and taking what he's saying you know, to a deeper level and applying it to your life, well, that's what I do as a coach. And you can find me or even call me at 407-687-3387. Finally, I will uh, link to both his books and his temple in Gainesville, should you ever be in the area. I believe that he will be teaching in person again beginning in the fall of 2021. But don't hold me to that. But you can go to www.tou.org and you can find out if he is in fact doing live sessions again. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Until next time, we will talk again soon. Take care. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.